Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcast, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I'm very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest, Eileen Smith, who is a somatic trauma healer. Eileen, my friend, how are you today? What is happening in your world? I am well, and what's happening is I'm happy to be here today and to share this information with you and your audience. Yeah, I'm very excited. We had a conversation a few months back, and I've been looking forward to having this conversation today. Before we jump in, tell everybody a little bit about your background, your story, your journey, and how you got to where you are today. Oh, such a good question. Okay, where do I start? So uh, just for, for to let people know, I am a somatic experience practitioner. And what does that mean? So I work basically with the body to help heal trauma. And how I got to this work has a lot to do with my own personal journey. I had spent many, many, many years in talk therapy. And I, while I understood all my issues, and everything made sense to me as to how my childhood had gotten me to where I was and as an adult, dealing with eating disorders, feeling like I had a dysregulated nervous system, having trouble sleeping, where my nervous system was just completely undone. And I'd done a million things to try to, to find a way to manage my nervous system. And everything always became a management issue. So in my early 40s, I had felt like I had done quite a bit of my own healing. And I was, I would say, somewhere on my way to eating disorder recovery. And I went back to school in my early 40s to be a mental health counselor. And while I was finishing up my internship, I was introduced to somatic experiencing developed by Dr. Peter Levine. And somatic experiencing is really about working with the nervous system to create regulation and to build your body as a safe container so that you can move through your emotional experiences differently and move through the world differently. Because when we've had a lot of trauma, which I had in my childhood, 
grew up in a very chaotic home, had um, early surgeries. What happens are, is that, that our nervous system doesn't see the world in a safe way. And so we're always sensing danger when danger may not be present. So I was navigating the world this way. And when I got introduced to somatic experiencing, it was almost like a light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, this feels like the missing link. So fast forward, I decided to uh, immerse myself in three years of training that um, with the Trauma Healing Institute and get certified as a somatic experiencing practitioner. And as a patient, as a student of the work, you also become a patient. So I was, I was pretty immersed in my own personal healing journey. And in the midst of getting certified and doing all this somatic work, which is really bringing that, the body into that healing process, my husband passed away. And thank God for the somatic work because it was, even though I was devastated and this was the most horrific thing I had ever gone through, and it was a very sudden death. It was, we did, did not expect it. I was able to, for the first time in my life, stay connected. I didn't get into all my maladaptive eating disorder behaviors. And I, was, I allowed people to support me. And I really contribute that to the work I had done and being able to stay more connected to myself. Because, because the more connected we are to ourselves, the more capacity we have to stay engaged and connected with other people. And that connection really is our, is our journey and our path to healing. So I decided as, so then I, you know, I'd gotten certified. Um, I'd finished my master's some years before that. And I just decided that there's not a lot of good information out there for the lay person about why trauma is not going to get resolved through a cognitive process and why we have to bring the body into the healing process. Hence, I wound up writing a book called Moving Beyond Trauma and getting this information out there to the, to the average person who maybe has been in talk therapy and feels like they're stuck, like myself. I just felt, I always felt like even though I knew, knew everything and all my issues, it was almost like there was these tectonic plates in my body that I was constantly, were constantly shifting and I was constantly trying to manage. And I just felt like I needed to get this information out there to, to everyone. Hey, what's up, my friend? We'll be right back to the show. But I wanted to let you know about a brand new feature we are adding to the Think Unbroken podcast, where I'm going to be answering your questions. That's right. If you have a question about healing, trauma, overcoming, or becoming the hero of your own story, all you need to do is go to thinkunbrokenpodcast.com and click Ask Michael a Question, where you'll be able to leave up to a two-minute voice note for me to answer any question about anything you have about life, your journey, and healing. So head over to Think Unbroken Podcast. Dot com. Click Ask Michael a Question, and I will answer your question on a future episode of the Think Unbroken podcast. And until then, my friend, be unbroken. Yeah, I, I love that. And I had a very similar experience and journey, obviously, as you know, and so do the listeners of this show. And I actually just did a podcast um, just the other day talking about the power and the impact of physical movement and just understanding how to 
reassociate into your physical body, knowing that dissociation is such a huge part of traumatic experiences. And, and I think it's a conversation not had enough in this space. And, and I, I agree with you. I, I found myself at various points in this journey, like being in my therapist chair and being like, why the fuck am I here right now? <laughs> totally. and, and, having this, and I had this really interesting thought one day. I was like, wait a second. If I've been in therapy for fucking 10 years, maybe it's not working. And, and that kind of like flipped this switch for me in this really powerful way. And that's not to be dismissive of therapy. That's not what we're saying. Obviously it's just like, wait, there might be more. Um, I think it'd be really beneficial if we kind of start the, the meat of this conversation around, if you can really break down what somatic experience therapy and coaching and that whole ideology is, because I have a feeling that a lot of people probably don't know. Okay. And, and I think it's a great place to start. Um, what I, what I want to do is explain how I see trauma and how the, the somatic experiencing world sees trauma. So we think of trauma as an event, but trauma is really the energy that gets locked in our body when we've had real or perceived threat. So if that energy gets locked in our body, why do we think we're going to use our neocortex to try to resolve it? Because the language of trauma is not, is not verbal. It's all sensation because trauma energy gets locked in the areas of our brain that are more primitive. So we, let's just break the, the brain down into three parts. We have the, the neocortex, which is where we have executive functioning. We have the limbic system where we have the, our emotional brain. And then we have the brainstem, what we call the reptilian brain. And that's, that language of the reptile is sensation. And so we have to work with our body sensations to be able to release that trauma energy from the body. So, so trauma has no sense of space or time either. And so we have to basically work to reintegrate those trauma memories into the body and to be able to file the memories where they belong. So if you think about animals in the wild, they don't get traumatized. And this is where Peter Levine's work started. He was trying to understand why animals in the wild don't get traumatized and human beings do. And the big reason that he figured this out is like, oh, we have, you know, human beings have this neocortex, which has given us these higher level, more complex ways of, of resolving trauma and threat. But what it has taken us away from is our innate abilities like the animals to shake off the trauma, integrate it into the body, reset the nervous system and move on. So the work in somatic experiencing is to help someone get back into their bodies in a safe way because that trauma energy that locks in our body makes us not feel safe, right? We've, we've been under threat. So even though the experience might be over, that trauma energy is, that our, uh, is stuck in our body. And so our basically our fight, flight, and freeze mechanisms get stuck in the on position. And we're constantly sensing danger when danger may not be there because we actually believe that we're back in the, the traumatic experience that we experienced in the past. So it's, it's like why you often see, I mean, I like to use this example. The easy one is always the war vet that came home. He hears something loud on the street and he freaks out. But in, in our day-to-day, -day, how many times have you experienced this yourself or been on the other side of it where 
you say something to someone or, or someone has said something to you and you have this overrun reaction to it. And you're just kind of like, what just happened? Mm. And that's that I'm sensing danger now, even though there's no danger here because I'm, my body actually believes I'm back in that threatening situation that happened behind me. What are some safe ways that we can start to get back into our body? Well, there's, there's, I think the first thing, and one of the, one of the very first things that I teach my clients is we have to start, we have to get out of the story because we get stuck in the story and we need to start becoming our own observer. So we know what happens when we get stuck in that story, right? There's a spinning out, right? So we're either, we're either what I call future tripping or we're ruminating about the past. Mm. Okay, so you're not present. And so what does that do? That creates, that actually, the, the nervous system and the body starts feeling like it's under threat. So what I teach my clients is we have to become our own observer. Meaning, rather than being in the story, it sounds something more like this, the dialogue that you're having with yourself. I noticed that I can't stop thinking about what happened yesterday. I noticed that I'm ruminating about 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 what I'm going to do tomorrow. I notice I notice that I'm feeling this intense energy running through my body. So it's it's being able to observe yourself and then being able to ex- observe your body sensations. And so by doing that what we do is we start slowing we start slowing down the nervous system. We start bringing ourselves back into the present because observation is how we become more present. So that's to me is, is, is step A. And then of course, there's, there's all sorts of basic things that I, I will teach clients, like something as simple as, as let's say you, you're, you know that your tendency is to dissociate. And so if we can name it, we can work with it. So even though you may go into a dissociative state, what if you were able to observe it? And then you can you start noticing what happens before you go into that state. I notice that I'm starting to feel my systems being flooded. I notice that I feel, I feel my heart rate going really fast. I notice that I can't catch my breath. Okay, you may go in there, but this is at least, at least a step to start working with those, those body sensations. Because every experience that we're having and every emotion that we have has a sensation. So in the somatic work, we're working with sensation, we're working with imagery, we're working be- with behaviors, affect, and meaning. We call it the basics of, of somatic experiencing is what we call SIBAM, the acronym for all those things. And so the first step to all of this is, is bringing us into that awareness of what's actually going on and, to, and also to be able to piece together our nervous system. So in, in my book, I actually, I worked with a researcher for almost a year to develop a series of assessments for the reader to start piecing together how their nervous system is functioning. So at least if we can start laying it out, then we, and we can start seeing it, we start, we start bringing, that, bringing ourselves into that awareness. And then we can, we start building our bodies as that safe container as we start recognizing what's even happening. And that awareness is everything, right? And I, I think about the role that trauma plays in kind of our day-to-day life. And in my journey, in my experience, it was like, I didn't even recognize that many of my behavioral patterns 
were based on coping mechanisms for survival on the in 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 consideration of the stimulus of my environment and my day-to-day life work stress relationship stress ideation stress being you know thinking about 15 years down the road being stuck in yesterday it was like this continuation every day i was like holy shit i'm just like fucking trapped in this all the time and it wasn't until like really i made meaning of it and i was like wait a second this can't be normal right and and understanding as someone that has an a score of 10 there's a lot of shit about my experience that's not normal but we think about it and you get trapped in it and i think that if you can get trapped in it you can also get out of it and one of the things that i found to be incredibly incredibly beneficial in this process is pointing back to what you said just sitting with it making meaning of it but initially Eileen, where I was, and this is, you know, a decade removed, but I know that there are people where I was now. I was so stuck in the shame and guilt of like, fuck, shouldn't I be over this? I'm 26. Like, what is happening? Everybody else doesn't have this problem. Why is it just me? So on and so forth. And so for for those who are like, yes, they're like, yeah, I want to acknowledge this. But at the same time, when I do, I beat myself up. And so they don't even get the space to be able to enter their body. How can they be able to manage their day-to-day life? It's a great question. And I think, I mean, let's break this down. The first thing is, right, you don't even understand that what's going on is a result of trauma. So in, in my process with clients, a lot of the work that I do initially to build that safe container is really to help people understand that it's not their fault that they wound up here. Right. So we have to we have to take away we have to take away all that charge that happens with that shame. Right. Because that shame cycle really keeps you stuck. So like like a lot of what I do is that's why even though in my work, it's not like we're going we don't go head on into the traumas because all that does is create more dysregulation. But if I can educate and help people to process through and understand what their experience, what they had experienced was not their fault and that they didn't have the capacity to defend themselves. Then sometimes what we do is we may work through a traumatic experience to allow them in the present moment to be able to defend themselves. And I can give you a really good example of this. I have a, had a client, we'll just call him Ben. And Ben came to me and he was in his 20s. And he came to me because he's like, I'm having all sorts of interpersonal problems at work. I'm constantly thinking everyone's going to gang up. Everyone's ganging up on me. He said, I'm, he's like, I kind of feel paranoid. He's like, I know I'm not paranoid, but I feel really paranoid. So at some point we got into some of the, some of the nuances of what happened in Ben's life. He was an only child. He didn't really have um, a lot of capacity as a kid to connect with other kids. He was always hanging out with adults. He started getting bullied. He talks about an experience that he had going to camp and he was 14 years old. And he remembers all of, you know, these three boys, they pinned him down and they tickled him until he they like they wouldn't stop and he was crying then he was hyperventilating and he had no capacity to defend himself right so let's go back to the definition of trauma is energy that gets locked in your body around real or perceived threat also too much too soon too fast with any way to without any way to defend yourself so i said to ben i said ben i said did you have a best friend 
And he said, no, I can never get connected or close enough with anyone. I said, okay, fine. Okay, now I have to pull another resource. So I said, okay, Ben, if you had a best friend, describe to me what it would have been like to have a best friend and let's give him a name. So he said, okay, my best friend would have been John. John would have lived down the block for me. And he would, you know, he gave me a little description. He got into the imagery, right? So we talked about this sideband thing. So we get into the imagery of what it would be like and what it might feel like to have a best friend. And I said, okay, let's, let's, let's invite, let's go back to the situation where you were bullied by these three boys and let's, let's invite John in. I said, now what would have happened if John was there? I said, would John, and he's like, John would have been, John would have been pulling them off of me. I said, and what would you have done, Ben? And he's like, I would have been punching and kicking and punching and kicking. And he's punching and kicking and punching and kicking. And I said, keep punching and kicking, right? Because this is the biological completion I was mentioning earlier with animals in the wild, that humans have the same innate need to do this. And he, for the next 15 minutes, he cried, he punched and kicked and cried and punched and kicked. And he actually got to safely defend himself in this experience. And all of that energy discharged from the body. And, he, and so we released trauma through heat, heat shaking, tears, and, 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 and that, that movement. And so, so Ben finished that session. And all of a sudden, like all of that charged energy that was locked in the body started dissipating. And then the next several weeks, Ben integrated all this and he started moving through, through things very differently in his work situation. So, that, so there's an integration period afterwards. But that's what needs to happen in that process. Yeah, I love that. And I found a very similar experience when I was in third grade. I was walking down the street with my brothers and we got jumped by a, like a group of fifth graders and like they no. get shit out of us, like for wow. real like bloody nose, busted lips, whole nine. And from third grade until 31 years old, I walked around with keys in my knuckles, in my hand, in my pocket, right? And it wasn't until having a very similar experience going through, realizing and understanding, like, wait a second, I'm trapped in the emotion of this experience that I was able to break myself free of it. And now that's not a part of my day-to-day life. And, and that really only comes from being able to go and take this energy and put it somewhere. And for me, in the, in the same way, like, you know, you'll hear people say, well, hit a pillow with a, a plastic wiffle ball bat or, you know, whatever. It was martial arts for me and stepping really deeply into that and being able to express that energy in a powerful, practical and safe capacity. And, you know, you, you said something that I, I want to circle back to because I think it's incredibly important. You said going head on with trauma can often create more trauma. What did you mean by that? Because I, I think that, you know, that deep dive into it is like this Pandora's box thing. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering if you'll dissect that a little bit more for us. Hey, yeah. what's up on Broken Nation? We'll be right back to today's episode, but I want to take a moment and invite you to Think Unbroken Conference. That's right. Our next conference is happening right around the corner this December with amazing speakers from around the world who are leaders in personal development, trauma education, mindset, and more. All you have to do to register to watch for free, that's right, $0, come and join us, is go to myunbrokenlife.com, register and sign up. You can get access to the free event. Watch it live with us this December. It'll be myself speaking along with amazing human beings like 
Anthony Trucks, Jamie Bronstein, Leslie Logan, and a special interview that I'm doing with Dr. Gabor Mate that has never before been released. So come and join us, myunbrokenlife.com. All you have to do is put in your email. We'll send you over the registration. You'll be able to come and join us, watch live. And then if you want access to the recordings or more information there for you to keep them forever. But in the meantime, go sign up block it off on your calendar. This is going to be a transformational experience that you do not want to miss. Head over to myunbrokenlife.com to register for free. Until next time, be unbroken. Yeah, so in traditional talk therapy, we often, you go into the therapist's office and it's often something to the effect of like, okay, basically give me your history. Okay, and what happens when you go into the history, right? And you have to go, you basically are walking back into the trauma memories, okay? And I'm not saying that we don't get to the trauma, but before we can go into the trauma, we have to make sure there's enough resilience and resourcing in the nervous system so that we don't get totally activated by talking about the experience. And what does okay. activated look like? If you can create some context there. Okay. So activated means, so our, ner our autonomic nervous system has two branches, sympathetic and parasympathetic. And in the sympathetic, it's where our body goes into fight or flight. When fight or flight doesn't work, we go into a freeze. So the activation is when I'm talking about a traumatic memory, my system is going to get flooded and go into overwhelm. And that might be the fight or flight, like that, that mechanism of, of defensive orienting and stress physiology is going to come up. So, it, so it's what, you know, you're talking about your dissociation earlier. So fight or flight doesn't work or we get flooded. Okay. I'm overwhelmed. My system's overwhelmed. Oh my God, I can't handle it. I'm going to shut down. I'm going to go into that dissociation because our bodies need a way to survive. And it's like, if you think about animals, if fight or flight doesn't work and they think they're going to get killed, they dissociate and disconnect from their body so they don't feel the pain of, of being killed or being mauled. And so we as human beings do the same thing. So in the process of going into and, 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 um, and talking about those traumas, our body's going to go deep into that stress physiology or fight, flight, or freeze. And so in the somatic work, we're going to get to the traumas, but we're not going to just, we're not, I'm not going to say, hey, what happened when you were five? Tell me about your abuse. Because if the body's, if the person's nervous system and body is not ready for it, that stress physiology of fight, flight, or freeze is going to come up and I'm not going to get any work done. So everything, we have to build safety. Okay, and that's why I was saying earlier that when education and really giving context and meaning and understanding of how you wound up here is going to take the nervous system down a bit. So that's always, always, always the first step. So somebody, somebody will come in. Like I, what I like to say to my clients is that we're going to talk in this process, but we're, what we're doing is we're getting to the real story of what's in the body. So somebody might, might share a little bit of information with me and I'm, I'm going to slow them down. I'm not going to let them get all activated in the story. And I'm going to start working with sensation. If, if I see that they're going offline and dissociating, I might then ask them to orient themselves to the room to notice where they are because that dissociation tells me that they're back in the trauma and they can't tolerate, they can't tolerate it. 
And so I, I need to ground them and bring them back into the room where to, to help them feel safe. So I'm constantly working in this process to build safety, not to bring someone, not to bring someone into activation before their system's ready for it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that, and, and I learned that lesson the hard way um, going through in the beginning of this journey, finding a therapist and be like, here's my whole everything. And then just being like, what the fuck just happened? Right. And, and I'm right with you. And I, I think that in my personal experience and in the coaching I've done with, with my clients, it's never about really going into the moment. It's just trying to get back to this moment, the presence of the human experience today, right now, and where we are. And that feels like an insurmountable battle at first. Right. Because the, the human brain, for whatever reason, just loves to live in the chaos. Yeah. And, and I have this interesting thought. You hear trauma survivors all the time say, I thrive in chaos. Yeah. And I think to myself, that is the dumbest thing you could ever say, because that's not where you want to thrive. You want to thrive in peace and happiness and love and empathy and companionship and grace and all of those things. And yet, for some reason, we're like, when our back's against the wall, I'm just unstoppable. And I think to myself, like, that can't actually be good for you, right? It, it's not, but it, but it makes sense. Because what is the chaos? The chaos, remember, I was just talking about this idea of this two branches of the nervous system. And when you've, when, you've, when you've only been able to experience chaos, your nervous system feels uncomfortable when there's no chaos. It actually thinks it's going to die. Mm. So, Go on that. Um, so, so this, remember, sympathetic is fight or flight, which is also chaos. And so the system only knows how to function in the chaos. And it actually believes that if it doesn't have that chaotic experience, it can't mobilize. And so, right, there's healthy mobilization, there's mobilization without threat, and there's mobilization with threat. And so a nervous system that's lived in that, that where that survival physiology is stuck on only knows how to mobilize in the chaos. It doesn't know how to, there's no balance in the nervous system. So it needs that adrenaline, right, that adrenaline rush. That's what it's, it's used to. It needs that to think that it's safe, believe it or not. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And and I think a lot of it is, you know, I, I think about this quite often when when I look at the massive shifts of my life or in the clients I coach or the people who reach out to me from, you know, consuming this show's content, you know, stepping into the discomfort of peace is often more difficult than living in the chaos of our life. And one of the things I'm always pushing for towards is this idea of, well, how do we mitigate the rock bottom moment to alleviate that place in which it becomes so bad that you must force yourself into the other aspect, right? It's a really good question. And so one of the things that we do in this work is something called pendulation. So think about a pendant, right? That pendulates back and forth. And so this is how we build more capacity in the nervous system. We, it's you know, pendulation or titrating back and forth. So let's say somebody orients their whole existence is they feel like you said they can thrive in the chaos so i can't push them to calm i can only bring them i can pendulate them out of the chaos to a calmer place and so it's almost like it's almost like microdosing 
And so if we, and I, I say this to my clients all the time, if we've moved the dial 0.5%, if it's that much in a session, we've done a lot of work because I can't, if I've moved you 10% in a session, that's too much. Because what's going to happen is if we go, if we, if we go think about like a pendulum, right? If we swing it this way, it's going to have to swing back that way. So if we, if we pendulate this way, eventually the basin and the capacity gets bigger. And so that to me is how we get it done. And so I like to think of this process and every process as it's really about creating a healing lifestyle, right? So there's no quick fix. And we have to take, we have to do micro, have micro experiences to create greater healing. Yeah. And, and I agree. And I think the other thing also is we have to come to this place where we realize this is a rest of your life journey. And, you know, uh, Bishop T.D. Jake said something that stuck with me for years and years and years. Now he goes, new levels, new devils. And it's like, the more that you get into this, the more that you discover and like, it's the nuance. Like at first, I think it's this really big, gigantic thing in front of your face. And then you narrow it down over the years of doing it and it becomes smaller, smaller, smaller. And eventually it's nuanced. And it's like these little tiny things where you go, okay, how did I actually get to the place where that's the behavior when I'm impacted by that stimulus? And that's when it really starts to get interesting. Um, you know, you, you said it's about those micro things. What are, what are some things that people, if they're just at home, can start doing, you know, maybe if they don't have access to someone like you to start to get inside of their body? Is it, is it tapping? Is it like, what are the kind of somatic experiences someone can step into on their own? So I'm going to give you two exercises that I think are great. Do anywhere, get, get yourself oriented towards your body. And the first one is what we call the self-hug exercise. And the reason that this exercise is so powerful, and you're basically just hugging yourself, okay? And I, I actually like to feel a little bit of the body. And there's a couple of reasons why this works. So touch, healthy, healthy safe touch, builds ox, produces more oxytocin in your system. And oxytocin is a feel-good hormone. So it's the, it's like opposite to what adrenaline and cortisol is. And so it's like what, what happens with moms when they breastfeed babies. It's what happens when, when, when we're touched safely. And so this idea that you can just feel the outer edges of your body and, and touch yourself is going to produce more oxytocin. The other thing too is when can you- Can I pause you real quick, please? Sure. I'm sorry, because I have to ask this question. And I know people are thinking this. How do you do that if one of the things that you experience is this massive dissociation and discomfort from touch? It's a great, great, great question. So it may be that you simply, simply start that exercise with just seeing what it feels like, seeing if you can tolerate touching your, touching your hands just a little bit. Okay. And if that feels like it's too uncomfortable, I'm going to give another exercise too. But this, this generally is a way for people to actually feel a little bit more contained. It rarely, it rarely, I rarely see it activate anyone, but if it does move away from it, right? Because what I'm inviting you to do is experiments, any sort of experiments to get into your body. The other reason why I like this exercise is if, is it's you've had, if you had a, some abuse, 
And you, a lot of times we don't really know where we begin and somebody else ends. So this is a way for you to feel the boundaries of your body in a safe way. But if that feels too uncomfortable and too activating, or you feel like you're dissociating, the other exercise that I like is what we call the VU exercise. And the VU exercise is, again, sitting in a comfortable seated position. Make sure that you can feel, you feel your feet on the ground, or if you're sitting cross-legged, and make sure you can feel your body being supported by whatever you're sitting in. And then what you're going to do is you're going to take a deep breath, and you're going you're gonna to VU. So deep breath in, and then it's And so you do that, and you do out for as long as you need to. Take a minute, because it, and then you're going to do it again. And I, and I invite you to do it three times. And what it does is it works to help regulate the nervous system. It works on the vagus nerve, which is our 10th cranial nerve, which works with our autonomic nervous system to help, help those autonomic things like our heart rate and, and, um, and our breath. So the VU exercise is another great way to, and a great entry point to getting into the body a little bit differently to be able to connect. But if connecting to the body feels too threatening, then I really just invite you to orient to your environment, right? That's that, because that, you know, animals do this all the time. They're, they're doing, they do defensive and exploratory orienting. And so like, let's say an animal hears a loud noise, just as we as a human being does, an animal is going to look around they're going to smell, make sure they don't smell another animal. They're going to look, they're going to smell, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to use all their senses to make sure they're safe. So we as human beings can do the same thing. You orient your room. I like to pick a color in the room and just notice things that are that color. So that's another way to bring you back. So is orienting. So one of the things that came to mind in you saying that and rewinding in my experience was uh, a lot of what I would label as embarrassment about touching my own body, right? Because of the shame instilled in me in childhood and having to like actually recognize that it was embarrassment that would keep me from being able to open up, right? The body dysmorphia, shame going through obesity as a kid. And then again, in my twenties and in finding this place where for lack of a better term, it required a bit of courage and a willingness to like jump off the fucking diving board and just be like, I need to give myself this. Mm -hmm. How important do you think it is that people like literally like force themselves into giving themselves the thing that they need? I don't know if that works for everybody, but I know it worked for me. So I'm really curious about your thoughts. So I think again, it's micro steps. So I, I like to think of it as the slower we go, the faster we're going to get there. But you have to take a step. If you want it to be different, okay, you can't change what happened in your past. The only thing you can do is take charge of what you choose to do now. So if it, it can be something so small. It can be something like making, getting outside for a walk. It can be something as simple as eating, making a better food choice. It can be something as simple as this observation piece I'm talking about. So, so you have to start somewhere. Okay. And I think the big thing is that we have to learn this one thing. We're going to be uncomfortable as we move into a healing journey. And so the piece is really learning to be able to tolerate the discomfort rather than moving away from it and using maladaptive behaviors to try to cope 
with what feels intolerable. How do and you, so, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I, I, what came to mind was how do you give yourself the space to tolerate it though? Right. That that's kind of maybe that's the question I should have asked because I feel so frequently like for me, it was I had to force myself into the little things. Right. Yes. It was like I, it was a decision that I was making on a daily basis that no matter what, I'm going to do this thing, even though it's uncomfortable. Like, like, where do you for me, it felt like a non-negotiable because I had hit rock bottom. I was right. definitely going to die, <laughs> like right. not yeah. change a lot of my lifestyle. And I, I don't wish that on anybody because for me, like 26 to 30 years old was the hardest fucking four years of my life. Yeah. Right? Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, right? So how, how can we help people step into that maybe in a more gentle way than I did while also recognizing that they literally have to make themselves do this stuff? Right. So, so that's you said something really important. We're so especially when we've had trauma we're so comfortable beating ourselves up. And so what I really invite people to do is take one tiny step. Even if you don't wanna do something, one tiny step, okay? Take a walk for five minutes, okay? Something, because I really, I really encourage, encourage your listeners to do this. Don't do something that's going to overwhelm your system. Yes, you're going to be uncomfortable putting your shoes on and getting out the door. But I promise you, you're not going to feel worse for five minutes of getting some fresh air. So it's, it's, really, it's really forcing yourself. And I think you're right. It's forcing yourself, but not pushing yourself to a place that's so intolerable that you're going to have that swing back the other way. Mm. So tiny, 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 right? This is the part of the healing journey is learning how to be gentler with yourself. Okay. It's not going to, you're not going to flip a switch. Okay. So one tiny baby step at a time. If you could just give yourself that, the rest will start to follow. Okay. Because eventually there'll be a 10 minute walk. Eventually there'll be a better, a better food choice. So there's different things, right, that we can do. Okay, let do, do the VU exercise before you put your shoes on. See if that helps. So everything, I like to think of this as getting curious and doing experiments. And yes, it's going to be uncomfortable because if you're used to using maladaptive behaviors that are the quick fix to regulate your nervous system, again, we have to, you're going to, you have to pendulate yourself out of those. Okay, so that's, the piece is exactly what we said. Yes, uncomfortable, but let's try to be gentle with ourselves. Very hard when you've had a lot of trauma. It is very hard. And especially if you've had trauma in which, you know, you were ignored or if you were neglected because the very thing that you do is the very thing that they did to you. And, and that's a really difficult thing that you have to sit in, right? And it yeah. becomes this, this very odd self-torture. Right. And, yeah. and it's not until you start to, and this is in my experience, it's not until you start to give yourself what you know you need that you actually start to rip the bonds of that self narrative that actually wasn't instilled in you to begin with. I, I, I think and I fear so often, though, that people will look at these experiences of their life and say, this is who I am. And, and I will argue the most dangerous thing that you can say in the human language is this is just who I am. 
And, and my hope is that people will understand the truth that, you know, and, and I wrote about this in the first book. I said, though trauma may be your foundation, it is not your future. And, and there's this chasm, right? There's this space between where you are today and where you want to go. And that space is the willingness to step into all these different modalities, these ideations, these things. And like, look, and I'm sure you know this, like some things work really well and some things do not work really well. And we get stuck in this dogmatic space of that has to be this, which, you know, I want to loop back to something that we started with talking about why, you know, talk therapy isn't necessarily enough. And so if it's not just talk therapy, if it's not just somatic experiences, is it a parlay? Do you need both? Or there's other modalities that you think are really helpful for people in these situations? What are your thoughts about kind of tapping your toes into different worlds? So I think that anything that's going to help you get more connected with your body is going to be effective. So it's not one or the other. Like, for example, before I ever got to the somatic work, you know, yoga, I did, I've been practicing yoga for 20 something years. And, you know, I'm sure that that without that, I would have been even more dysregulated. Mm -hmm. So anything like the tapping that you're talking about or meditation or any of these things. And this is this is what I'm talking about when I say creating a healing lifestyle. It's about creating it's about creating a lifestyle that's going to allow you to be able to feel some sense of embodiment. And so that's why we have to go slow. And you will, I believe this, if you're on that, if you can start creating more safety within yourself, you're going to be drawn towards more things that are going to give you that embodiment where you feel safe. Yeah. But you have to go slowly and you have to be gentle with yourself. If okay. And like forgiving yourself. I'm sorry. So I just want to make this one point. It's okay to take care of yourself. It doesn't make you selfish. Yes, totally agree. One of the things I'm curious about in building a healthy lifestyle, if you were to framework that with, let's call it four pillars, what would the four pillars of a healthy lifestyle look like? Yeah. So I call it more of a healing lifestyle. So it's, it's emotional, physical, physical, spiritual, and mental. Those to me are the pillars. And so it's working within all of those, those pillars to find places that allow you to feel more connected with yourself and with your body. If someone doesn't necessarily have a starting point in those four pillars, could you just give us one thing in each of those that will help them step into that healing lifestyle? Okay, sure. So let's say the physical Everybody can put their shoes on. Most of us can, unless we've had some sort of uh, some sort of issue. You can put, you can get yourself out the door to walk for five minutes. Okay, so that's let's say that's the physical. You can you can dance or you can put music on and dance in your house. Okay, nobody even has to see you. So right, it's that's it's creating some embodiment to be able to feel some sense of joy. It may be just lying on the floor and breathing. So that's right. That's the emotional. Spiritual, as we know, everyone, that's a very personal thing, right? Like, so I'm not a religious person, but I know, like, what's my belief with something bigger than me? How do I get connected to that? Right. So it's finding that. 
that part, that spiritual piece, right? And, and that's very individualized and very different for everyone. Um, emotional, spiritual. Um, so the, emotion, the emotional piece, I really love this, this practice of observation. So I notice that I'm feeling like I can't manage my emotions. I notice, and so the observation is going to be step one. I notice that I feel like I'm crawling out of my skin. I notice that I feel like, I feel like I just want to be, I just want to scream. So that observation piece is going to connect us to our emotional experiences and allow us to put words to our experiences. Because a lot of times with, um, with emotional discomfort and trauma, we don't, we don't even have an articulation for it. Okay, and our mental health is, if you are struggling, okay, if you have anxiety, if you have depression, okay, I really invite you to go get some help. And I'm not, I'm not a big fan of medicating people, but if you're stuck somewhere and you need help and it's temporary, I think it can be temporary. Or is there really an issue, a chemical imbalance that can't be fixed? Go get some, go, go find someone who can help you. Because that, that mental health, the mental health piece is, that's one piece, right, of, of, of managing it. But also our mental well-being is about connection. Okay, we all have the capacity to connect and we all need it. Even for those of you who, who believe, who say, I don't like people, that's, that's a trauma response. Mm. We all, connection is our lifeline. Without connection, we don't have anything. So you can even, if you are somebody who isolates, go to the store, speak to the person at the checkout counter. Okay, make it, make it, a, make a commitment to speak to three people at wherever you are in a day. Start creating connections so that you're, again, remember these micro doses, so that you can titrate yourself out of that isolation and start learning about what safe connection feels like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautifully said. I love those pillars. And I, I think that they're so profoundly important and easily executionable. And, you know, I, I love how simple it is just to step into those things. And as you were saying that, I remember these moments, like I used to always be like, I fucking hate people. Oh, <laughs> you were one of those. Yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, how could I not be? And then, and then the thing that I discovered was like, wait a second, nobody great has ever done anything alone. You can't find them. They don't exist. We are a communal species by nature. You know, and, and I don't think even connecting on the internet is like enough. Like you need, go find a support group, go find, go to meetup.com and join a board game club, like do something that's out of isolation. Then you'll be amazed at how supportive people actually are and want to see you thrive and succeed. I, I think that that idea that the world is against us slowly dissipates as you step deeper into this journey. I mean, this conversation has been absolutely incredible. Um, before I ask you my last question, my friend, please tell everyone where they can find you. So you can find me on Instagram. It's Eileen Smith Healing, and Eileen is I-L-E-N-E Smith Healing. Um, you can find me at EileenSmith.com, I-L-E-N-E-S-M-I-T-H.com. Um, and you can find my book, Moving Beyond Trauma, on Amazon. And it's available in digital and, um, and audible. Brilliant. And of course, we'll have the links in the show notes for the Unbroken Nation. My last question for you, my friend, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? 
to be unbroken means that you are working towards a healing journey. Brilliantly said. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five-star, leave a review, and you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.